another episode of the expressions podcast uh today is episode 26 and i'm so so excited because i have an awesome guest on today uh his name is ryan hankson otherwise known as eat famous and he has over 260,000 followers on instagram um i think it's 269 at this point but should be well over 270 when this uh this video gets posted um so uh amazing feed i've actually been following him for a while a couple years now on instagram on my foodie account which not many people know i have <laughs> um and uh, i just love his content so i'm so excited to have you in on uh this discussion here today but before we get into that i'd like to say hi to my co-host here so hi brian how's it going it's going awesome hey aurora I'm mark and ryan very nice to meet you um, very excited for this conversation too. As I mentioned to you earlier, Ryan, I was watching your interview that you did previously uh, with Jonathan, I forget, uh, Harvey, and um, really interesting stuff. And there was some stuff that we've had happen to our podcast in the past that brought up some questions in my head. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here this week. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And how about you, Mark? How are you doing today? Doing excellent. Uh, excellent. Had a, had a great drive into Sault Ste. Marie, uh, uneventful, which is always the way you want it. And there was no traffic and hardly any construction. So it was literally perfect. Guy drives all day and then just jumps on the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I literally got here with 15 minutes to spare. So excellent. Good. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, so thanks again, Ryan, for being on. Um, so for those of our listeners who, uh, may not know much about you or your account. Could you uh, give a little description of what it is you do, um, as well as maybe how you kind of got into it? Of course, of course. Thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate the, the opportunity. And also, once again, although I was probably super Canadian and apologize a million times, thanks for bearing with my uh, little last second run in. Um, yeah, so what I do, I guess in its simplest form is I eat a ton of delicious food and I capture it via photograph, video. I technically, or I guess officially, I'm a content creator. I've also been deemed a food culturalist. Um, it's just my job to, to share stories around food, uh, not just the food itself, but the people who prepare it and you know the interactions that happen in and around it, whether it's um, the dining table and those who are enjoying it, or the stories about those who are preparing it, or you know how how that food has come to be. So, I I would be lying if I said I have a very difficult job. You know, <laughs> it's probably harder explaining it than it is actually doing it. I love that. Um, one of the things that we do the show for is to talk to people who do what they love to do. That's right. the whole point of what we do. Um, people who are creative people who have just managed to turn their entire lifestyle into their uh, their passion and so on. So that's that's beautiful that you're able to do that. Um, how is that side of the world though able to keep you afloat? Like how does the financing work? How does the, the payout work with an Instagram and all that? Like right. for somebody who hasn't done it. Now, mm -hmm. by the way, this is coming from a place of I've been doing videos for 
years and I think I, <laughs> I have a hundred followers, you know, um, on my own channel, we have yeah. 60 some odd on this one. Uh, it's not like we have huge draw. So how, how does somebody who wants to take it to that next level? We do it because we love doing this and this is good for our mental health, but how does right. somebody who really wants to take it to that next level and think of it as a business, how does somebody just jump in and, and make that a, a, an actual career? First off, um, find yourself someone that can build a time machine <laughs> because I, I, I honestly, I feel like I, I was very lucky um, when I undertook, I guess, this whole thing. The plan wasn't even to become a, a content creator per se or an influencer. When I started working on Instagram, this is the primary uh, channel that I use, there weren't people that were paying regular people to, to do anything really. Um, and it, it was a slow, a slow grind and it was kind of undefined. I fell into it, to be honest. Um, I, I was just basically going out to restaurants and I was capturing what I was eating and sharing it. And I, I no formal photography training, didn't own a camera, was doing everything on like, I think an iPhone three at the time. So the photos were <laughs> terrible, but I had a, a, a little bit of a rare strike of genius that uh, once a week I started implementing something that I, I deemed it was like eat famous uh, follow Fridays or feature Fridays, sorry, where I would take a photo uh, from someone who was much better at taking photos than I was and share it with their permission, of course, letting them know that, hey, I love what you're doing. I'd love to share this with my audience. And what that did was um, first off, you know, populate my uh, my feed at least once a week with some much better looking photos, and it gave you know people uh, another reason to to either follow or engage with me. So I guess what I'm saying is, um, I think the the best road to success in in this type of world is honestly, and I, I'm not trying to just you know sound great or humble, but it's honestly building a community. Because after those Feature Fridays started to take off, you know, there was a bunch of people who I was showing love to and they would, they would show it back. And then, you know, the people who followed them would take a look at what I was doing. And I think that's the surest way in a world that's really reliant on, you know, connections with people that you don't know right off the bat. I mean, you know, a lot of times when we start something, we're going to pull in those from our friend circles or our families to, you know, please follow or support. And that's fine. But after a point, you know, that can only do so much. And you have to really start looking outward in terms of um, people who are in the same community, have the same interest as you. And also, um, you know, trying your best to connect with people that are doing what you want to do really well and at a higher level. Uh, that was very, very, very big for me. That's a great tip. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You want to yeah. reach out to the people that can elevate you and bring you up, right? Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, you know, we, you know, it's not like if I DM Drake, <laughs> he he's going to answer. <laughs> but I mean, you know, a lot of people are within reach, right? And um, as I feel like creatives, you know, it, especially at this time in life, uh, generationally now, you know, we're seeing a lot more collaboration over competition. So I think people are more apt to, to sharing information, resources, tips. And I mean, just with a bigger pool of people to draw from, 
although you may have some people who are not as willing to share or reach out or connect, there's just so many people that you're bound to, to come in contact with someone who's really good, who's really connected, and also willing to, you know, lend a helping hand and share. Like yourself. I mean, definitely, you definitely. time tonight to spend with us. And, you know, there's, there's not a huge... Uh, I'm, I guess you could say there's not a huge reward for you at this point because we have our no reward followers. I'm but... out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you t you're taking the time to sit with us and have this chat, I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, it says a lot about your character. Appreciate it. Thanks. It, it, I'm glad to do it. Glad to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one question. So obviously I, I've just uh, gone on uh, onto your uh, Instagram. So you have one more follower. I just followed you. Because nice. Of um, and um, so you were saying you, you were reaching out to those those people that were better at it, and obviously influencers. Um, do you still do that? Or is all of your content uh, pretty much just your foods that you're finding and eating now? Right. So it's probably been just a little over two years that it was I, I had to make the decision to have all the content be exclusively mine, just because I do do a lot of um, paid partnerships with corporations um, and businesses, a lot of national brands. So I wanted them to feel confident that, you know, whatever they were seeing on the account was reflective of what they would be getting. And I, I got a little better since the iPhone three days. So a little comfortable yeah. with it just being my stuff now. So yeah. Um, but there, there was a, a long period of time where, um, yeah, it, it was a little bit of a mishmash of my stuff, other people's stuff. There was a point in time where I, my face was not part of the Instagram at all. Like it was, it was just food. So it's, it definitely went through a lot of different, uh, incarnations. That's an interesting yeah, and, and twist though. Sorry. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. So I was going to say, it's just scrolling through here. Uh, I see a lot of things where there's multiple images, some, some yes. multiple images with you, but I also to see videos that you're doing as well um and obviously not going to watch them now but i'll watch them afterwards um but definitely you obviously you interacting with the food um, yeah so that's uh, that's pretty cool it's a really good take and uh as we were talking at the beginning of the show i haven't had dinner yet so now i am very hungry um, <laughs> That was a mistake mark i'm telling you that was a little <laughs> bit of a mistake <laughs> oh, well. I'm sure I will not waste away. <laughs> right. You'll have ins you'll have inspiration though. You'll have inspiration. That's right. That's right. Mark is easily inspired by the foodies that we have on our show. When we had our nice. uh, chef Christina on, um, he's still cooking food that we were talking about then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I acquired a smoker shortly before. Actually, during that show, I think I was trying some food on a smoker. Um, right. So it was. I, I recently joined the smoker club. Um, actually in the winter oddly enough and um yeah it's 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 definitely all it's cracked up to be i know there's people that kind of poke fun at those who do it but i, I love it i love it i was it's, gonna mention before sorry mark no sorry i'll just finish the we'll finish this smoker talk here but it, it really becomes a um uh, a process like it, it's it takes several hours to cook anything yes. on a smoker. Um, so, I mean, you can do things, you know, fast, but, you know, smokers are all about low and slow. So, mm -hmm. um, so it literally to do ribs is, it's an all day affair really. Is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then it, they're gone in 20 minutes. <laughs> the irony, yeah. That's why you make lots. Right. Exactly. It's kind of like lobster, you know, I love lobster, but the effort to take it all out and stuff like that is a deterrent. Um, sure. no, I was no, going to mention before how your face uh, in 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 the earlier stuff you didn't have your face in your in your Instagram at all, 
Why right. was that a decision you made? Because a lot of people want that attention. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, um, I, I guess I wanted the focus to be on, on the food primarily. And as I saw the scene in the city grow where you were just having, and you know, tons of food related accounts. And then I think once the restaurants kind of got comfortable with the fact that influencers were something that, you know, that, that they would just have to put up with, but were, you know, a force that could help, you know, promote and, and show some, some love and attention to their restaurants, they started really, you know, reaching out and having people come in and acquiring PR agencies just to find influencers to come in to highlight the food. So as the scene grew, a lot of the people with the top accounts were all getting invited to the same restaurants and a lot of the same food trends were being covered. So I knew <laughs> that I wasn't like a, the best photographer. And as an increased number of people were all going to the same place, I was like the only thing, and featuring a lot of the same foods and dishes and trends, I was like, the only thing I have different than anybody else is myself. So it was kind of just like a test. And I was like, okay, if people don't absolutely hate me or just, you know, completely unfollow, then, you know, maybe just injecting a little bit of um, myself could help. Also too, that was probably around the onset when um, Instagram was trying to compete or I guess kind of flick Snapchat off of their shoulder. And they, you know, they really kind of stepped up what you could do with video. And um, yeah, it, they just kind of made it a more appealing part of the platform. So I, I kind of ran with it and it helped to give me some identity and, um, you know, narrow my branding a little bit. So yeah, it, it was something that it took a while to get comfortable with, to be honest, because it, it's a weird thing to be looking at yourself and seeing yourself and putting yourself out there, especially when, again, um, my main concern has always been the food. So yeah, but it's something I'm a little more comfortable with now. And I feel like it helped. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, like being somebody who has a food account um, and mm -hmm. who has followed food accounts for a very long time before I made my own food account. I feel like it's a big thing right now, um, putting a face to the account um, in the foodie world. Um, I think that there's a lot of like uh, fake accounts out there that take content from other pages mm -hmm. and they're just posting the food and they're trying to get popular and there's lots of there's lots of that all over the internet um and seeing identical posts from same yeah. accounts that look exactly the same but one has like lower resolution photo and you right. know <laughs> that it's been stolen from that account right yeah uh, so once you put a face like an actual picture face to it um or any sort of anything that's going to give personality uh to it i think i think people respond to that um in a big way i was gonna say or have a brilliant idea like your account like <laughs> your account i i mean i when you explained you know the idea behind it i was like this is this is brilliant um and i think you you really need that right because we're in a situation where for all intents and purposes like um a reason why I reply, kind of doubling back on something we spoke on earlier, the reason why I'm always willing to kind of like help if somebody reaches out or, you know, share some knowledge is because like these things are built communally, right? These channels are bu built communally. And I, um, I really feel that like, you know, they could, they can change at a moment's notice. So like, it's, 
for all intents and purposes, it's pretty much free to sign up and, and be a part of this. So just as easy it is it is to sign up or to follow someone, someone could be like, oh, I'm bored of Ryan or, you know, this is annoying. I'm unfollowing. Right. So I try to try to really um, connect with with my followers and those that I engage with in the, the community. And I feel like if you've got whether it's, you know, personality that's like your face or a strong kind of theme or an idea behind an account like yours, or then, um, you know, you stand a better chance at having something that people can connect to and feel a part of. Definitely, definitely. And thank you so much. It's it's uh, really uh, nice hearing that from you, considering you have such a very uh, established account. Um, hearing you compliment it, I feel kind of flustered. <laughs> um, I know, it, it's, it's true. It's, it's awesome. I, I, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It's very unique. It, it just feels like there's actual thought and effort and care being put into it. And that can get lost, right? I mean, we've got, you know, upwards of almost over 2 billion users, right? So there's there's a lot of things that aren't really worth the time. So when you find something special and that, you know, means something to the the curator, it, it resonates. Aurora, awesome. you gotta you gotta tell everybody what this is about. Okay. Spill All the right. beans. So I have a foodie account um on Instagram as we've been saying and it's it's Miss Foodie Let's Eat on Instagram. And the whole idea of the account is that I don't pick uh, post on my feed the pictures of the food I post the aftermath of <laughs> eating it um, uh, it's based on the whole concept of uh, if your plate the, the emptier plate is or your dishes after you're done eating the more delicious the food is I get it. Um, and I kind of describe the meal um, on top of that like my stories I have my stories at where I actually post the food so it's not like completely disconnected from it. Um, and I sorted my stories into different types of food and, and uh, desserts and, and things like that. So people can actually see the food, but the, the main theme of the feed and the whole account is that it's the food aftermath. Very um, cool. So I like that. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That is um, cool. And you also have one more follower. <laughs> uh, <thanks, Mark. laughs> I'll have um, to find that after. <laughs> um, yeah. Now back to Ryan. <laughs> yes. Um, I while we were talking here, I was pretty interested in um, how COVID impacted your account because I know restaurant, like the restaurant injury, uh, industry, took a huge hit during COVID, especially yeah. right at the beginning for, you know, everybody was getting on Uber Eats and, and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So how did that impact your account? Yeah. So um, it was a, a funny time because, I mean, I've been doing this for going on eight years now. So a lot of the, although I, you know, I, I do a lot of like brand partnerships and um, things with companies that people might not feel like they can touch or connect as much with is like their local mom and pop stuff. But I, I've had the the privilege of having like a lot of great, very long-standing relationships with restaurants that have maybe one, two locations. And so initially, you know, when we had a lot of just unanswered questions, my biggest fear was that like, oh my gosh, are my friends going to be okay? Like whether their businesses survive. And I know, you know, unfortunately we've, we've lost a lot of great places and favorites to the pandemic. Uh, personally, a lot of the places I've worked with figured out a way to 
to quickly kind of make adjustments and the changes that were necessary to, to th survive and even thrive in some cases. Like there was a lot of places that their models or the, the changes and adjustments they made worked perfectly for, for COVID. Uh, you know, through tough times, like you, you never want to see a situation where people are losing businesses, livelihood. But one of the good things that comes from it is it breeds a lot of like ingenuity. You know, um, people, you know, the, you get into survival mode and you do some incredible things or things you might not have considered. Hey, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is her room. Cool. I just, I just get to use it once uh, in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I, I'm in a room that's not mine either, so I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what that's like. She's um, gonna be in the window in a second. Don't. Worry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, so like a lot of people were able to to do some good things and even see some growth. Uh, so a lot of, you know, how I did things had to shift as well for me, not just the restaurants. So, I mean, you know, pre-pandemic, any given week, I was probably out four to five. I almost am embarrassed to say six times a week, you know, at restaurants, eating out. Um, but when restaurants had to close doors and not have people in, um, you know, there was obviously a little bit of time where, you know, things were a little stagnant, but then a lot of places just would, you know, would come to me or, you know, if I, if I could safely access a spot that wasn't serving and, you know, we, we just kind of found workarounds and ways to remind people that um, they were still serving, that these restaurants were still open, that some new and fun things were happening. You know, I, I know we haven't seen the and of what the pandemic's probably going to do to a couple more businesses, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, you know, there, there, there's been some good and bad. And I guess that's just kind of like, you know, what life is, is just more dialed in over the last little bit. But uh, it's, it's good to see that, like, not only did people um, find ways to make themselves more appealing or, or to, to stay afloat, but you saw like a lot of helping happen. You saw a lot of collaborations. You saw restaurants where if they knew another spot, you know, was having issues with a supplier and they didn't have produce, they were dropping their produce off at other places. So other places could stay open too, right? So, you know, nice. yeah, you, you, you got reminded that, um, because I mean, the restaurant business is not for making money per se you know it's not like it's not a get rich quick scheme like a lot of places um you know they spend their entire lives in there um and a lot of people don't pay themselves for a while right so it's it's definitely uh, a career a discipline a job that's birthed out of love a lot of times and you you really saw that come through during covid and it continues it sounds like you have a pretty tight relationship with a lot of the restaurants that you work with. Yeah, um, they feed me. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you thank them for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, do you actually keep in touch with these guys? Like, I would imagine that um, during COVID, they would have reached out to you and said something like, you know, it is hard. Maybe you can help us out a little more. Maybe you can do this. Maybe this relationship can can sway a different way. Was there a lot of that uh, with the relationships that you have with the restaurants? Oh, oh yeah. There were some places that literally I, I like didn't even wait for them to say, hey, you know, this is going to be tough. Like there was places I just waved 
fees immediately. Like I didn't even say, hey, is it good? Is it bad? Just to know that like we can catch up. I want them there. Cause like, I mean, these are, I for me, I don't really post, or I should say, I, I don't post places that I wouldn't be comfortable saying to you guys, hey, off camera, go eat here. You know what I mean? Or I'm gonna go take my mom for a bite. Like, I, you know, I have to like the establishment. So I want these places to be around whether I'm, I'm posting photos or not. So if me being able to kind of work with them throughout a rough time meant that I was doing a little bit to help them stick around throughout, then for me that like, it's a, it's a no brainer. And then again, like, yeah, exactly. And then, like I said, a lot of places, um, you know, found a way to, to thrive too. So it, it worked out, you know, it definitely has been, it's been okay. What did you do before this? Uh, so I worked um, for Coca-Cola for a very long time. Um, and previ- I, I'd always before doing this had worked for very like large kind of corporations in jobs that I, to be honest, like never really felt like really, really rewarding or I wasn't able to use my creativity on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so I'd always kind of had a, a nine to five and before even like a, the term side hustle became a thing, it would either be like a side hustle or something to foster, help me foster like creativity or keep those juices going. I used to want to be a rapper way, way, way back in the day. So I was either doing music. There was times where I was like the marketing manager for a um, a, a men's uh, non-professional basketball league um i i did it's a stint at trend hunter writing articles about like technology and uh trends and stuff so i've always if been if i've been working in a nine to five that was like a very kind of serious structured role i always had um something on the side to you know help me keep uh fun and creative i guess you've always been a creator always always yes i'm learning through the podcast that everybody starts early. Everybody who's a creator starts early. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke with a, a TikTok uh, person earlier. And uh, one of the things that really caught me is how young he was when he started and what else he did even younger than that in the creative right. world. Um, it's just like, even for myself and I'm sure Aurora and, and Mark, who unfortunately I think he had a connection issue. He's at a hotel, so uh, uh-huh. he had to dip probably. Uh, but we, I could remember memories back when I was five years old playing with stereos and music and my, my parents playing music and all of these influences from a very young age, which has carried me right through. Um, And to find something that I've been able to do and love to do every day is just a godsend. And uh, to be able to be a creator and see that your nine to five isn't quite cutting it and find a path. And, and I heard you mention on the other uh, interview as well, how you have to really go and get it. You know, you have yeah. to, you have to be uh, aggressive, and you have to. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, uh, but uh, maybe you could speak to that. How aggressive have you? Did you have to be to get out of that nine to five and switch into this as your full time? Uh, very. I because I mean, you know, you could be making some money. Say you have a side hustle, and you know you're making money, and you might do the calculations where you're like, okay, I'm spending, you know, ten hours a week. And I'm making X amount. And if I, you know, multiply that into the 40 hours a week that most of us work on paper, at least, 
you know, I'm hitting my number, right? But you, there's a whole lot of variables that come when you work for yourself, whether it's, you know, on social, like I do, or content creation, anything, right? You, you're, you're, you're not guaranteed that like that every two week paycheck is going to hit, you know, your, your all departments, your accounts payable, your accounts receivable, your HR, your everything, even if it's a operation of one. So you're wearing a ton of hats. So you're doing much more, right? And, you know, things come in in cycles, right? Like the money sometimes comes in waves. Uh, a lot of times, you know, things like an insurance or pension or, you know, extra savings for later, those don't factor in. So there are a ton of things that you have to, you know, kind of set out. So I, I'm for myself, I would always, you know, had a number that far exceeded what I was doing, you know, yearly on paper, it wasn't enough to feel like I can match it, um, just out of out of security. And then, you know, you kind of move away from that. And you think about the, um, the fulfillment that you get. I think once I saw I, I, I know that I it, it was attainable to me far beyond when I actually got brave enough to, um, you know, make the, uh, make the transition. So although I was, I was trying to be the best I could be at it and I was being aggressive, um, but that even, that kicked in before either knowing I could do it full time or even deciding, okay, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I think for myself and when you're creating, I think you want to be the best, whether you know, you're being just highly inspired by like your peers or your contemporaries or your idols, or, you know, you might be just kind of like trying to push yourself. But I feel like creative people, um, we know what we want to achieve, right? Like, you know, you could spend 10 minutes or 10 years on a painting, you know what I mean? But until it looks exactly how you want it, you're not going to stop. And, you know, you could, um, nail vocals in the studio on one take, or you might be in the booth for like hours, but you know what you're searching for once you hear it, see it, feel it, taste it. I'm sure it's the same thing for, you know, chefs, right? So that, that aggressiveness, sorry, aggressiveness, and really that spirit of wanting to go get it, I think that was more out of wanting to create the best stuff that I could, as opposed to saying, I need to be this good to be able to like quit or pursue it full time. Awesome. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, Aurora, I think I saw you had your hand up. You wanted to say something earlier. Um, I think it was just about uh, marketing back earlier because I saw oh. the Facebook oh, okay. thing, but it was, it was resolved. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm back. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what happened, but uh, I was trying to plug in to get some charging going and uh, everything went downhill from there. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Um, so I'm actually curious because um, you'd mentioned uh, in kind of our uh, questionnaire that we filled out uh, before the show that you were actually in school for something before yeah. uh, uh, Eat Famous really blew up. So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So just as I had mentioned, I've always kind of had to do something creative to go along with whatever nine to five situation I was in when I was doing that. And I uh, was enrolled in uh, an interior uh, design class because I, when I was really young, I, I wanted to be an architect. And then when that kind of 
went out of reach or, you know, I, did, I didn't make the moves, I guess, in that direction, but I always was really, really fascinated with, um, you know, uh, creating like spaces that are comfortable and inspiring and beautiful. So yeah, I was, a, I just kind of started in those courses. Um, but then at, at, at a point it was, there was, it was school, Eat Famous was starting to grow and then I still had a nine to five. So I, I had to cut something and um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't an easy decision because it was definitely a passion I had had for a while. It was just a lot doing kind of three things that all felt like full-time endeavors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. We can always get back to it. Uh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. That's, it's so true. You never really put it away. And I think, you know, those kind of, um, those kind of like passions are interesting. They always kind of linger within you. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? You never know. That's one of the things I love the most about photography is I find that there are people starting off in photography at, you know, five years old, or 95 years old and there's there's really no reason anybody can't get back to their creative self at any point aside from obviously health reasons that could come up and, mm -hmm. but without that i mean you can always get back to it that's so true that's so true and i mean with like there's always something to capture you know what i mean with like something like photography i it's it's funny there's a funny thing that kind of happens in the um the food or the content creator space um, with like, I guess, real photographers versus, um, you know, people that use their phones or stuff. Cause I know I have like this huge, although I, uh, photography is a big part of like what I do. I have like this incredible, like admiration for actual photographers. Um, yeah, it, it's such a, it's like, it's a craft that I really, really respect. So it's uh, like, I, I don't try to label myself as as that. Like I, I take photos as a part of what I do, but yeah, um, photography is something that I, I'm very captivated by. It's interesting because I do photography. All three of mm -hmm. us do photography, um, <laughs> right? But I can't make food photos. Really? I just can't. I can't. Uh, the Ooh. combination of lighting and plating. Um, I think the fact that you want to get into interior design also says a lot about you because. Uh, it shows that you are good at composing and uh, you you have an artistic sense for composition. And mm. for food for food photos, I think lighting and composition is key. You can yeah. make you know a, a piece of lard look like ice cream. So right. Right. Uh, <laughs> if, if you have the ability to do that, which I think that's where I'm lacking, uh, is that creative. And I think if I were to have that interior design sense like you have, uh, that would really help as a photographer. But I'm curious, and since our lone non-photographer host isn't with us right now, uh, I'd like to talk about this for a quick second. You don't use an SLR. You use your cell phone. I do. I and do. you've done cell phone food photography since day one. So yes. the photos look great. Thanks. I mean, there's obviously no issue there. Uh, DSLR versus cell phones, you're talking 72 DPI versus 300. Um, for Instagram and things like that, that doesn't matter right. at all, right? right. So you're, you're picking the perfect tool for the medium that you cho you've chosen. Um, have you ever been tempted to upgrade and to take some oh. courses on food photography and lighting and stuff like that? Of course, of course. Um, intimidation is probably the largest factor <laughs> that's um, kind of kept me away. I, I mean, I to say like, I, I, I you know, I don't, 
mess around with the camera every now and then would be would be false. Uh, you know, I, I've definitely um, been fortunate that yeah, you know, for the medium, uh, you know, it uh, a cell phone works just fine. And we, you know, I, I've figured out in terms of the composition side and what people kind of like those parts I've, I have figured out. So, you know, the hardware hasn't become as much of an issue for me, but um, yeah, I mean, I would love to just because I, I do have some clients that sometimes they'll take some of the shots and want to use them on like say menu boards or actual menus, and then it doesn't translate as well. I remember walking into a restaurant, seeing a photo I used on the menu board, and at first I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I, I started to get super anxious because it was like peeling back the layers and it was kind of revealing it that, you know, it wasn't taken for that. So I think when time presents itself, I, I'll probably try to pay a little bit more attention to to messing with the camera. I, I Thankfully, one of my absolute best friends is like a professional photographer and I have a couple other really good friends who are great with cameras. So it's more about just kind of taking some time with them and, you know, they'll they'll often like lend me like their beater camera or their second or third to play around with. So That's I'm comfortable, but yeah, just for, for Instagram and the way that I, I guess like the, especially the kind of foods I shoot, like something like dripping with cheese that's oozing is only gonna look great for like a minute maybe, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, the setup and, and kind of changing settings that might be needed with a camera doesn't always necessarily work for the style of stuff I shoot, but um, yeah, definitely uh, like a real camera is something that that is in the works for sure. Well, we know a few people that work at camera stores. I don't know, maybe we can- Yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Maybe we can talk. Anyway, yep. uh, Aurora, do you wanna say something? Um, I, I think it's very interesting. I mean, you use your phone um, for the pictures, but you have a really great, obviously really great eye for photography and food photography, and you have a great eye for lighting as well. Um, mm -hmm. I met you at the Henry store and for a bit in the conversation there, you were actually talking about the fact that you actually use lighting. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. On uh, on your pictures, and mm -hmm. uh, it's great. You you set up the light in a really great way. So uh, a big part of photography is is light. Uh, I know right. uh, Brian is always talking about you know uh, the definition of photography. The origin painting. of the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's painting, painting with light. With light. So. Oh um, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so you've got more than half the battle there. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, it was, it was, thank you for that. It was, it was forced upon me though, because when I started shooting, I couldn't, it, I feel so almost dumb <laughs> admitting this, but like my favorite um, Instagrammers primarily were from the West coast. So like people in Cali, you know, and I was like, man, how do they get these great photos all the time? And then someone was like, they shoot outside. There's sunlight all the time, and then you know, being here, we're 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 not getting as much sun. And then being in restaurants, that you know, lighting varies completely from restaurant to restaurant. There's no standard for restaurant lighting. So when I got you know some portable lighting that could negate shadows and help me manipulate a situation and turn you know the darkest, dimmest place into somewhere that was perfect to shoot i it really it wasn't lost on me how important lighting was so i, I adapted really really quick to making sure that whether by hook or by crook i you know i was going to get the best light possible do you bring a lot of gear with you when you go to a restaurant um 
a bit it depends on the the nature of the of the shoot timing you know if we have the benefit of of shooting outside if it's going to be a day that's overcast so we're not you know fighting you know some crazy shadows and things i i've got some standard things like two viltrox lights that go with me everywhere you know backup batteries for those tripods um you know it really depends kind of on the on the job but there, there's definitely a ton of stuff at home it just really depends on what makes it out to a shoot with me yeah yeah because you know those professional photographers show up with 10 bags of stuff oh, it's just like you don't want to get into that you're doing yeah. just fine <laughs> my, my same good friend that i was referencing it literally looks like he's got a couple of bodies with him every time like he's got this bag that looks like two hockey bags just full of full lights, of gear and some lights yeah. yep i hear you Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't enjoy yeah. it. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm so big. I have the hockey bag. Ah. <laughs> right. Well, that's awesome. Um, I um, actually am a little bit curious because um, I feel like family influences a lot um, in following down a creative path from a young age um, and continuing to create. So. Um, how does uh, your family and friends kind of influence you? So it's very interesting. My parents are both from Barbados. They immigrated to Canada in the later later 70s. And so for them, you know, conventional paths, um, degrees, diplomas, you know, jobs with pensions, reliability, security, th that was like paramount for them. Um, so in terms of like, but it was funny though, because my parents are big lovers of like art and culture. So although initially when I was young, there wasn't really like, uh, oh, you know, like go do anything or be artistic in terms of like seeking it out for a profession, but the, our home was like full with music. Um, you know, my dad used to write poetry, um, you know, so like, and there was always, um, the tools for my sister and I to be to create all through the home, you know, um, paint, print, pencil, crayons, marker, like everything. So, you know, there, there'd always been, um, ways for me to, to find a creative outlet, outlet, sorry, and kind of, you know, plug into it. And from when I was really, really, really young. So, when I look at the fact that I'm doing something creative now, though initially I would think because of kind of like how my parents viewed career, it seems surprising that I'm doing what I'm doing now. But then when you look a little deeper, it doesn't because all the tools were there initially. And then um, a lot of, I think, you know, we, we fall into friend groups uh, with people that are, are similar to us for the most part. So a lot of my friends are highly creative. A lot of my friends are from, my music days and um, you see a lot of like if you know if, say the music doesn't work out or it takes you down a different path you know things like photography or theater pop up so um, like I, I said like one of my best friends is a photographer my other best friend is an actor um, and then another great great friend of mine is a music producer right so I'm always around energy and people who are inspiring me and having me kind of you know get a sneak peek into things that they're they're very passionate about so it's yeah it's a big part of my um my inner circle for sure that's great that really helps stay motivated and stay mm -hmm. striving to do better 
Um, yeah. That interview you did with, uh, with Jonathan was really interesting to me. One of the things that he brought up um, was, well, actually you kind of brought it up, how LeBron has his thing, strive for greatness. Mm-hmm. And you think of it, strive for knowing yourselfness. Yeah, yeah. I thought that mm-hmm. was brilliant. Uh, it's such mm-hmm. an important thing for people to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody is stri- striving to be the greatest, the best. Uh, unfortunately, we can't all be the best. We can't all be the greatest. Mm-hmm. But if you understand who you are and you start to uh, accept your place or what you like to do and, and, and embrace, I shouldn't say accept, but embrace who you are, mm-hmm. uh, that's when I think that next phase of life can begin and, and you can really start to um, progress as an individual, uh, except just all the good things that could possibly come. Uh, right. It was it was tough for me for a long time because I didn't think of myself as a photographer. I mm-hmm. played music. I didn't think of myself as a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never really thought of myself as a creator until uh, Day Tripper Photo, the business that I run teaching photography. And I got the inspiration of or the the confidence in myself by seeing other people succeed and Mm -hmm. getting other people doing really well with their own photography and that made me think well okay i guess i'm doing something right myself definitely Um, and that's when i realized who i am and and Mm -hmm. i i've kind of embraced what i like to do and that's bring other people make other people better than who i am right Um, so when you said that and and for lebron james obviously he's quite successful you know he's he's done well for himself young man Uh, (laughs) not too bad (laughs) not too bad uh strive for greatness is important but yeah uh knowing yourself first i think is or knowing yourself uh, yourself yourself first i think you said uh, yeah that is so important i'm I'm really glad you said that and uh the fact that we have you on turned me on to that interview and that interview opened my eyes to that so nice all, all good things all good things yeah, I, I, you know, for me, and it wasn't to say that striving for greatness is not important or not even something that I do myself, but, you know, when you understand who you are, the definition of what greatness is um, will probably change. And it's not lessening, you know, our efforts or, you know, striving for a participation medal, but it's like, it's truly understanding like what really, really matters to you. Because, you know, if you take someone else's definition of, of greatness, you, you really don't know if there's anything in that end goal that will matter to you. But when you know who you are, you know what you want, then you can easily strive for what's great because you've, you know, you've set that table, you've defined those terms, and then it really makes that race worthwhile to run because you know exactly what you're heading for. And um, yeah, it, 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 it unlocks so much in me when I kind of got comfortable with, um, you know, with my interests and where my goals lie and, and what, what matters to me, who matters to me. So yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Mark, did you want to share anything? Um, no, I just I re- really think that the whole idea of striving for greatness it's it's a it's a great thing, but I think what we get clouded in is what is the definition of greatness? And you touched on it there, Ryan. Um, so for me to for my greatness, uh, I mean in my career I always wanted to be known as uh, Mark Who, uh, so that was sort of my thing, and that went out the window as I as I climbed the corporate ladder a little bit. But um, 
in my photography, I stopped shooting professionally. And my greatness now is when I go into a, a friend's house and one of my images is on their wall. Uh, or, if I, you know, my, my mother is my biggest fan. Her, her house is littered with my pictures. She just loves yeah. everything I've ever produced yeah. and dad prints it. So that for yeah. me, that's where I fit it, where the people that are closest to me enjoy mm -hmm. my, my craft. They enjoy my images as a photographer. So that's where my greatness comes from now. I love that. Yeah. So as we're getting uh, closer to the end of the show, um, we have a couple uh, questions that we usually ask uh, right towards the end. But before I do that, um, does anybody have any final questions? Anything? I have one. Okay. Yeah. I have ahead. many, but I'll go with one. <laughs> I'll go with one. Um, one of the things I also thought was interesting <laughs> on that interview was. Uh, when Jonathan brought up the idea of what, what are you going to do next? And then you started talking about some kind of influencer agency right. idea. Has anything right. gone, gone forward with that? Um, not yet. COVID definitely threw a couple wrenches in a bunch of the plans. So, but it's definitely something I still want to do just because when I started to gain I don't want to say like notoriety, but as the account grew and opportunities came my way, there was so much of a gray area. And, you know, I don't, I don't put that on, you know, companies maybe trying to like take advantage of myself or anyone like me, but I feel like because the space was so new, it was kind of like the wild west. There weren't rules. There wasn't anything you could reference from five, 10 years ago in terms of like, you know, pay or uh, exclusivity or you know your rights and ownership to your materials and what you're signing off from if you agree to create content for somebody, and a lot of times you know especially around conversations around money can be difficult. You know we're taught mostly at a young age not to discuss your personal finances with others. So you come up in a situation where you've got a ton of peers who are getting similar opportunities to you, and it's all out there. So I'm seeing people that I know working with company X and company Y. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, how'd they land that? But then, you know, maybe you're too prideful to ask or, you know, an opportunity comes your way and you want to seem like you've, you've got everything covered and you're so on top of the ball that you may not reach out to somebody say, hey, you know, um, do you have a lawyer look over your contract or how much money should I be getting paid for this? So I think, you know, I wanted to think about creating a situation where there's just a lot more transparency where people feel comfortable and at ease asking questions about a field that's you know still relatively new and for all intents and purposes it's on the creatives to kind of handle a lot of things for themselves i mean there's agencies now that are popping up that rep creators from like a, a talent standpoint you know they may uh secure business for you represent you in deals but I'm not saying that those things are, are bad. I have representation as well, but I mean, I, I'm just kind of thinking about creating a space and, and um, an organization in which like, you know, there's a ton of resources for anyone that is, you know, in need of, of help or, or direction. Cause I feel like it's an ever changing world and it, it's a new world with a, not a lot to reference. And um, I know it would have helped me a ton. And the, the people that took time um, you know, to tell me 
things that they 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 really didn't have to, you know, and and shared personal things about wins and losses, um, and were transparent about money and you know what I could be earning, and you know. Uh, I'm so grateful to them. So to be able to give back on that end would be huge because I know, yeah, without without some some key conversations and and trust with uh, other peers, I would not even be close to where I am right now. Well, I wish you luck with that. I think that's a great idea. Uh, it's a fantastic idea. And if there's anything that you know we can do or uh, our contacts could do for that, then by all means, awesome. just ask. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's really awesome. Um, I actually have a final question uh, for you, Ryan. Um, uh, we might have covered it a little bit earlier, but um, I, I'm wondering if you have any like main pieces of advice uh, to somebody who is starting out in content creation, maybe more specifically creating on Instagram and and uh, trying to you know make a little bit money at it or collaborate with people. Um, so I'm just curious if, if mm -hmm. you have any advice. Oh, for sure. Uh, first off, you know, we live in an age where information travels super fast. So manage your reputation. Um, you know, be the kind of person that people want to work with. Mm. Don't think for an instant that just because you haven't worked or collaborated with someone that they haven't heard what you're like to work or collaborate with. Uh, you know, I, 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 I've heard many a story and not that, you know, you're, you're going to judge everybody by what you, you hear about them, you know, like firsthand experiences are very important when making decisions about people. But, um, you know, I, PR companies, restaurants, brands, they all share notes about, you know, who, who shows up on time, who responds to emails, who's courteous, who's forthcoming, all of the traits that, you know, you're supposed to have in quote unquote, like the real business world, they apply here. I think that's another thing too, is treating this just like you would any other business, approaching it as you would any other job, you know, show up, honor commitments. Um, also too, you know, protect yourself, read through things. Don't, think just because, you know, you're posting videos that um, you may be produced yourself or, you know, the, the content or sorry, the, uh, the platforms are free to join that they don't take seriousness if you're, if you're doing it for, for work. Um, so again, you know, being very like professional and treating it like a job is huge for me. Uh, community, honoring the community, being open to people, you know, uh, connecting with people and, and being uh, true to yourself is another one. I'm never going to be at a restaurant, and even though I, I practically eat everything. I'm not going to like, there was say like there was a new trend. There was like a trend a couple summers ago, I think for like, uh, it was like charcoal ice cream. It was like black oh, ice yeah. cream. It, it looked very cool. It wasn't appetizing to me. So I never ate it. I didn't take a photo of it because like the expression I would have given while eating it wouldn't read true. So yeah, I might've got like a couple likes or views or whatever on having that trend, but like, what is it gonna say if someone notices that I'm not really enjoying it? So I think, you know, being true to yourself and some people have personas on, on social, which is fine, but being true to that all the time because everything's out there for consumption, uh, nothing really goes away. And then, um, I think there's also a part, although the, you know there are a lot of 
rules and, and best practices that are rooted more in like emotion or feeling or, or actions, you know, you, you still got to know your stuff. Um, research, you know, like look at, you look at your field, see who's crushing it. And um, even if you're not reaching out to them and maybe you're not studying people or copying people, but look at the level of um, production quality that's coming out from the leaders in your field, because if you want to compete and you want someone to pay you for it, you've got to be as good as the people who are currently being paid for it. Now, that's not to say that there's no room for growth. Uh, it's not always about numbers. Things like micro influencers, people who have followings of, you know, 2,500, um, can see comparable deals to like what someone uh, like myself is is commanding because they might have a very niche. Um, account or a, a demographic that's hard to reach that they know like you know 80 percent of those those 2500 followers might be very receptive to messaging and very willing to make a purchase right so it's not about the the numbers or the size of your account but it's just about your approach and you know quality of of work and also you know quality of the person that you are in in your dealings with people that's awesome thanks Thanks so much. Um, um, so my, oh. sorry, I just had one, one question, just sort of springboard off of that. Since you're talking about having deals with uh, with obviously different parties and, and different uh, organizations, um, do you get into the end of things now where they're sending you, uh, say for example, I, I noticed I noticed in your Instagram there were some things that you cooked in the house, whether they be a pizza or something like that. Do you often get something that is not yet to market um, so that they can uh, get your feedback on it? Uh, and it's something that you don't post content for. They're just looking for your opinion, um, sort of as a product tester, and then obviously uh, non-disclosure so that you don't post it on your account? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's It's been a variety of products, uh, even uh, like concepts for restaurants, new menu items. Uh, there's people who have sent me like ideas for, oh, I got to remember from <laughs> dishonoring anything, but say like, um, like new advances in tech. So like, you know, there's, okay. a, I'm always getting things about like, um, you know, some NFTs that might be coming out. And if I feel like, you know, people would be res responsive to, to buying them or like new online gaming platforms and tons of app developers are always you know sending me beta versions of, of apps and things to try and yeah so you you do um and i think that's it's a it says a lot about you know the current state of, of marketing and understanding that people aren't as responsive to messaging that comes from top down to faceless like corporate from faceless corporations that are telling us what to do i feel like that's how we used to be marketed to you know we were told what to buy and we just mm -hmm. we just listened and now people believe in in trust mm -hmm. and people that they um you know relate to and people that they um have similar interests with and you know big businesses is cluing into that and so the messaging comes that way but it's up to to folks like myself that if we're in a position and you know we are you know, put, putting forth an opinion or, or trying to sell people on something that it is something that you actually do believe in. Cause people will call you out quick. My followers have been quick to be like, Rai, are you, are you sure this is good? I don't trust it. It's, you know, a little big businessy, like 
it happens. So, I mean, there's, there's been deals that I've had to turn down um, just because I know that my audience, there, there wouldn't be a way that I could, you know, consciously put, put some things forward and have my audience believe that I'm really a believer in that product. Right. So mm-hmm. that helps you sleep at night. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, so now that awesome. the podcast is coming to a close, um, I, uh, we have a few last questions for you um, that we ask every guest. Um, so uh, the first one is, what's your jam? What's that song that gets you pumped up or excited or in a creative mind space that you just right. love listening to right. um, without fail? Okay. okay. <laughs> so there is um, an artist by the name of Nate Husser out of Montreal, and he has a song called Oldie. And the funny thing is it's not, it's very slow it's really moody, almost kind of brooding at points, maybe not brooding, but it's definitely not something that would make you like jump out of your skin, but there's just a vibe and an energy in it that like gets me ready. So it's usually, you know, if I want a jam that's going to pump me up, it's something usually like very high energy, but, um, I don't know. I, I just feel this song so much. So that's, and I, it's a song I've been listening to for like three years. Like, mm. just like, it, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I listened to music from years and years ago, but I mean, like actively, like, you know, it's, it's stood, uh, I don't want to say the test of all time, but it's, it's been with me like in const, in my constant rotation for a while. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. That's exactly right. what we're looking for. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, so the next question is, what's your tool of the trade? It doesn't have to be something physical. Um, it could be something not physical, obviously. Um, what is that tool that you use on a day-to-day basis that helps you create, um, Uh, or be creative? (laughs) Right. So for me, um, I'm going to say, you know what it is? It's, it's Snapseed. Uh, it's like a Google built-in editing software. And I feel it's because like a lot of people are like, oh, you don't use like Photoshop or whatever. And I mean, again, I, I, I don't like my images to look like super edited. I don't use like any of the preset filters or anything in Instagram. But I mean, I know every, you know, images for the most part need a little bit of massaging. And I find like the changes that you can make in Snapseed are pretty subtle. It, there's nothing super like I'm not like dialing it way up with saturation or anything like that. So it helps me. I feel like you know clean things up with. <laughs> it helps exactly. That's what's use up. it That's all the time. Up. Love it. Right. Yeah. And I mean it, it's free use and it well. um, nice, nice. I've okay. I'm in good company. So yeah, I think Snap <laughs> Snapseed is something that I, I put things through. And even if I don't end up you making any changes, I always just kind of run things through to make sure. It's got everything. It's got white balance. It's got uh, all the things that you need. Right. See, I might have to talk to you guys about some of the more intricate parts of it. I I kind of, I stick to like one or two um, things on there. But, you know, now that I've got some photographers that I can kind of, you know, (laughs) dial up and and be like, what does this mean? What does this do? Anytime. Anytime. Awesome. I love it. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, So, um, as you know, I think, 
we talked about this in the email, um, each week we ask our guests of the show to issue a challenge to our listeners or viewers. Yeah. Um, so what is your challenge? Oh, I love this. You guys might, they might hate me for it. Um, and, you know, only do it if you can. And obviously, depending on your your situation, you might not be able to. I know there's some people that might have, I don't know, maybe somebody has like a teenager or somebody that they've got to be in constant contact with. But something I started to do a little while ago, because uh, so much of my time for work is spent on my phone, is I don't take my phone into the bedroom with me at night. So like once I'm, you know, getting into that stage of what you like, whether I'm going to bed or I'm just going to my bedroom to like chill for the night and start to unwind, my phone doesn't follow me. It stays in the living room. It stays outside of the bedrooms. It uh, just, you know, allows me to kind of separate. And I mean, sometimes, you know, I still might be dialed in. I may have the TV on, I'm watching me guilty of watching something on a streaming service, but the phone kind of stays away up until the morning. And so, yeah, you know, I, I get a couple uninterrupted hours in that way. So, and I find it helps too, because although I'm a big um, believer in drawing off of inspiration, I look at, at, you know, photographer, food photographers who I think are better than me. I look at stuff from photographers who shoot in completely different worlds for inspiration. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, you need a little bit of like your own thought and your own creative juices to bubble a little bit. So I find for me, if I have that separation from the phone, then that helps. I like that. Um, I don't think I could do it, but I like it. Um, <laughs> it's funny though, because at my store and I'm sure in Aurora's as well in Woodbridge, but, uh, in my store, Newmarket, film photography has gone through the roof, like mm. through the roof. Uh, we yeah. sent out 300 envelopes of film last week alone. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. The biggest thing that we have coming in are disposable cameras. Mm -hmm. And I try and feel it out for the first, I don't know, it only really happened since COVID. Um, before that, nobody ever used these things. And right. we did maybe one bin of film every month and now we're doing three bins a week it's crazy mm -hmm. anyway um we actually had a we had somebody come into the store and tell us that it's a TikTok trend really? so that might be why i've asked a lot of people why they do it and that's one answer <laughs> i've actually gotten as well but yeah. i had a girl give me the best answer i could possibly imagine and it was because every time she goes to grab her cell phone to take a picture she's distracted by the 40 things all of her her um, notifications or this pop-up ad or whatever. And she says with a, a disposable camera, she's just taking pictures. She's just hanging out with her friends, taking pictures. And it really goes to what you're talking about right now is you need time away from the social media. And as mm -hmm. a as an influencer, that's got to be almost impossible. So it's, yeah. really, uh, it's really great that you've given yourself that discipline to uh, put it away. And yeah. spend time with the family or you know just not on the phone yeah uh, I, I respect that i wish i could do it i probably won't but it's yeah. it's actually <laughs> another I'm reason gonna why I'm gonna try it tonight. i try it try it Mark. I, I, in, the, in the hotel hall I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out in the hallway in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i suggest that but no. it, it might it might get a little a little tense a little sweaty at, but the first few nights, but it works. That's that's funny. It's actually another reason why I I really have to um, get myself a camera and get comfortable because I mean once 
you know, we kind of get back to traveling the way we used to. Like for myself, I love to travel and then travel is a part of what I do for Eat Famous that's been put on pause. But, you know, going out on vacation, especially like if I was, you know, if I'm out with my wife or whatever, and she'd be like, leave the phone. I'm like, oh, but how are we going to take photos? And like, I, I have a wall at home that's like some of my like non-food like vacation photography family photography some stuff that's you know that means a lot so i that's always like my out like my way to sneak the phone on vacation like every part of vacation but if i get a camera i can actually leave the phone in the room and because i do like capturing memories like um you know via via photograph so yeah just get a camera with wi-fi no worries yeah. right you take pictures all day go <laughs> yeah. back to the hotel room at night Take the yeah. ones you want to your phone and, and work with them on Snapseed. That's it. That's go. it. So, uh, Ryan. I do like, a similar thing. Yeah, go ahead. I, I do Mark? a similar thing with, with my cameras because obviously travel is, is a big, well, was before COVID a big part of, of my life. Uh, and I usually pick one day on a vacation where I don't take uh, a knapsack full of gear and a camera bag and, and two DSLR bodies and extra lenses. I take one um, point and shoot camera that Brian sold me that does everything I need it to, to take a good picture, but it literally fits in my pocket instead of right. having, you know, 40 pounds of gear, I've got one little camera. Um, and then that way I can focus on actually having a good time and not taking pictures that day. Right. I literally spent the entire day today packing up my camera gear for my trip on, on Friday. It's I've got like four bags of stuff right here beside me. <laughs> Just so much stuff. Where are you going? Um, a, well, it was. I've got a camera and a flash in my app. That's all. <laughs> you you have to have something with you all the times. I've got my flashes and all that. Um, my wife and I are celebrating our 25th anniversary. We're going to Congrats. an island up in North Bay, and uh, yeah, so we'll be gone for the weekend. Hopefully, I'll be back for Monday's show. Uh, probably do it from the car or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> really looking forward to it. I've. Worked straight through uh, since last June and, um, you know, working retail as Aurora knows and Mark knows uh, and our other co-host Ryan knows uh, it's a different environment to deal with. And this podcast has been a big part of my mental health throughout the entire uh, period of working straight through and having to, you know, deal with it every day. And um so I really appreciate you spending the time with us and talking to us tonight. Um, it helps me every time I do a show. And I know I've talked to Aurora and Mark and it helps all of us a lot to be able to talk to folks like yourself who have done so well. And, uh, you know, it's really impressive to see the work you've put into it and how it's paying off for you. And I congratulate you and I I'm, I'm just love it. Congratulations. And thank you Thanks. for spending time with us. This was, this is an absolute pleasure. I would, uh, Gladly do it again. If we got to do a part two or, you know, some other things we'd like to talk about anytime. I'd love to. You guys are fantastic. I'm making a note of that. Thank you very much. I, I was, appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Ryan. Um, I am so happy uh, you came on the show. I'm so, I was kind of like when I met you in person, I was a little starstruck. Um, so because I'd been following you for a while and like you had such this amazing following and um, I just kind of threw it out there like, hey, I'd love for you to be on our show. And I'm so glad you came on. Um, super, super happy. Um, I do want to say just like to your point of the challenge, I kind of do something like what you do already. I have every night um, 
I, I guess starting about um, a year or so ago, I was kind of dealing with some, you know, sleep troubles and anxiousness and that kind of thing. And um, it has really helped me a lot. I put my phone on do not disturb mm. um, and it's timed every right. day from 10 p.m. until 7 a.m. So okay. guys, if you don't see me chatting in the group chat at, after so, 10 p.m., this we is know. why. <laughs> it's, it's usually myself and Mark going back and forth until three or four o'clock in the morning. We, yeah, we're just so funny after because 10 mine is on do um, not disturb. Yours is, it, is on do not disturb? I can bust through your do not disturb. Yeah. <laughs> mine is, mine is if, well, here's the thing. If you're on it, it doesn't work. Um, but as yes. soon as you lock it, it goes into do not disturb. So mine is from 11 p.m. until 7.30 a.m. Because many oh, of my colleagues go. get up at 5 a.m. and they start texting. And, yeah. and uh, I don't want to hear that because that's only a couple hours after I've gone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I want to thank you again, Ryan, for coming on. Um, and uh, thanks, Brian and Mark, uh, for being on the show with me as well. Um, Ryan, our co-host, could not be here today. But... Um, uh, you know, uh, we had a great show and uh, thanks so much. Uh, before we leave, uh, Ryan, where can uh, people follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram at eatfamous. Uh, sometimes I pop onto Twitter at tweetfamous, but it's T-W-E-A-T famous. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, and that that's it. That's that's where you'll find me for sure. Cool. I like that. Um, it's all just one thing. Just keep it simple. Yeah. It's awesome. Um nice. and uh uh thank you guys for listening um or watching our show. Um please if you like it, share it with some people, uh, subscribe, um follow our podcast on um uh, Spotify and uh yeah. yeah we're still looking Hungry. to get to that 100 subscriber mark. Because yes. <laughs> when you get to the 100 subscriber mark, you can actually change the name of the YouTube channel. And that's what I'm looking forward to. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Small goals. You gotta Small go. goals. Yeah. All right. Thank oh, you, everybody. And uh, have a great night. Take, Take care. care. Thank you, guys. Thanks.